you are not alone. No one is alone. Stephen Sondheim is a genius. Every time I hear that song, it's a good thing the choir's in front of me, just boo-hooing. Um, I think it touches something. I know it touches something in me. I hope it touches something in you. Words that we want to hear always, or actions we want to be part of in some way. You are not alone. No one is alone. And so today's message, Who Are Our Neighbors?, digs in a little bit into that question of how we are alone, or how we are not alone, rather. And I thought it might be a nice touch, rather than just me prattling on up here, um, to invite a couple of other voices to share what it means to be a neighbor in this community. We have many people who are in and out of this building, in and out of this space, in and around Cambridge that we're in relationship with, but a couple of them have a particularly special relationship with us. I will name more of them, but I want to actually start off by inviting Mike Monono to come up and to share with us a little bit of what it means to be a neighbor through our Tuesday Meals program. So have we, have we talked about um, Mr. Rogers yet? <laughs> no, seriously, I was upstairs with, um, with Ari and the elves are working very uh, diligently on the uh, care packages for our Tuesday meals guests. So we did talk about Mr. Rogers. So who's seen the, um, the documentary? Oh, wow. So I want to ask, um, when you think of uh, a neighbor, what do you think of? What's a word or, or two or an image that, that comes to mind? Just, just shout out. Not all at once. Wait. <laughs> Marsha. Okay, good. Casseroles. Nice. What is it? Caring. Good. You guys all brought your best lives to uh, your best selves to church today. Okay, good. Sharing the news, right. Excellent. No one thinks of leaf blowers at 7 a.m.? Okay, so that's one. Uh, that's one that I think of. Uh, what's another? I always think of... Um, I'm from, originally from Indiana, but uh, I've been in New England, I've lived up in New Hampshire, I've lived in Boston for about 13 years, and so I always think of Robert Frost, uh, good fences make good, good neighbors. So what I want to get at with that 
is that when we open our doors on Tuesday to anyone, it's an act of radical hospitality, and it's not always easy. So our neighbors come from all walks of life. They have all manner of, of difficulties, uh, our volunteers, as well as the folks who come to us as guests, and there, there's some, uh, a lot of sort of overlap in those. But community and beloved community really is about having to deal with those issues of the leaf blower at 7 a.m., right? So I kind of, this is something that, that might, um, I studied English way back when, and <clears throat> I know that some of the grammarians in the, uh, in the meeting house right now will cringe at this, but I really like to uh, verb nouns. It's one of my favorite things to do, actually, just sitting at home and doing that. <laughs> so I kind of think of, I don't, I don't really like to think of our Tuesday Meals program, which serves you know, up to 120 people uh, a week uh, with a, a very nourishing meal um, as, I don't like to think of it as, um, as, as volunteering for our volunteers. I like to think of it as neighboring. Um, and neighboring is sort of all of those things, I think, that you first thought of when you thought of uh, the neighbor, which is great. Um, but it is an active uh, process. We're very lucky to have this program that's been going on for, what, 30 years? Close to 40 years. It's been held up by this community, and it really is our piece of radical hospitality. It really is our uh, beloved community. So um, I just want to raise that up and be thinking of our elves upstairs as they put together 80 care packages. It's a lot for little, little people, little hands. And, uh, and I hope to see you all. You are all always welcome. We're there every Tuesday to volunteer, to join us for a meal to neighbor uh, with us. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for neighboring with us at all times. Now I'm going to use that. I'm going to co-opt it. Huh? <laughs> Copyright Adam Lawrence Dyer. <laughs> yeah. I would like to now um, welcome up Benjamin Rios, who is from our Why to Why program. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so my name is Ben. Um, like the Reverend Adam said, I am one of the staff members at Y2Y. Um, and uh, I want to thank you guys, first of all, for welcoming me here and having me here. Um, I'm ashamed to say that uh, after working at Y2Y for almost three years, this is the first time I've ever come to a service. Um, but I'm really glad that I came. Um, because I love talking about why do I. <laughs> I can talk about it all day. Um, so why do I? As you guys probably know, um, nominally we're a homeless shelter for young adults. 
Um, that's what we are on the surface. Um, I think the most important thing about Y does, though, um, is it's a place where people come together who might not have otherwise done so. Um, it's a place where you can, the person you see somewhere on Harvard Square suddenly is not just someone that you see on the street, it's someone, they become someone with a name, with a story, um, uh, someone you can connect to, a friend, um, someone with a history. Um, and I think the most important thing Wada Y does is it always reminds me to be cognizant um, that I am a member of a community. Um, and I think it's very easy to just, especially me, a college student who isn't from the area, to just be here and just do my thing on my own and sort of just ignore everything around me. But a why to why, suddenly those people that I see, someone that I might have seen just on Harvard Square and I might not have ever connected with, suddenly becomes someone that I can help and know and meet and become friends with or learn more about them. Um, it's a place where um, it really is, I like to say that for as much good and as many people as we have served, I think why to why, the thing that it does most is, I, I, I think I've benefited more, more from Y than I've ever done for other people. It's, it really has changed a lot of my worldview, shattered a lot of preconceptions, and it always just makes me cognizant about always being an, a you know, conscious member of a community, always thinking of how uh, we can help, and thinking about those who are part of the community, especially those who are, could be easily ignored, um, like our youth homeless populations. Um, so it's a really awesome place. Um, I, of course, you guys are always welcome to calm down and volunteer and help out. Um, we're open all year. Um, and of course, we're also really, really thankful that uh, our partnership with FPC, um, it's been a, I think it's been a really fruitful relationship. And uh, again, we're just really, really thankful for um, being allowed to serve in your space. Um, and thank you guys for having me. Please, uh, I'll be here. Um, if you guys have any questions or um, want to learn more, please let me know. Um, but yeah, thank you guys. Thank you, Ben. And again, thank you, Mike. Um, they will both be here during the social hour to answer questions, to, uh, to take your names down so that you can neighbor with them, all kinds of things like that. And I wanted you to hear their voices because they're in the thick of it. I know that I don't always get the chance to, with everything I'm involved with, to be in the spaces, but to hear the voices of the people who are in the spaces really matters quite a lot. Um, I'm hoping that as we go on, we get more folks from Y to Y coming up here, that we get not just the staff, but also some of the residents uh, coming up here and that we start to work on how we neighbor in that way with everybody. Tuesday meals, that we can have folks who know that this is a place where they can come and be fed on Tuesdays, but they can also be fed on Sunday mornings as well. So to know that they're always welcome. We have many neighbors here. Uh, 
like Y to Y, Tuesday Meals, but we also have the Youth on Fire uh, drop-in center that happens during the days, during the weeks. Payne Senior Services is something that sort of lurks in the background and has been doing amazing work supporting people as they transition through different parts of their lives if they need help getting into uh, a, a different living situation or need help staying in their homes. Amazing work that uh, Liz Aguilo does. We also are, of course, ho hosting the Homeless Court here. Um, and there's a new relationship that's brewing that actually came a little bit out of Y to Y. That's with an organization, brand new organization called Break Time. That's providing uh, work opportunities uh, in, in sort of a catering mode uh, for some of the youth who are experiencing homelessness. And I wanted to name these things in this space on a Sunday so that you have these names in your ears, so that you have these names in your heart of the organizations, but you recognize that there are people that go along with each one of these organizations. There are volunteers, of course, there are staff members, but there are people who are served every single time we support a different organization or group this way that's literally in our space. I just want to sort of close things out by asking a question of you. You don't have to answer, it's rhetorical. Um, <laughs> so why do you think we need to know our neighbors? Why do we need to know our neighbors? It's worth asking yourself, why do I need to know my neighbors? Why do I need to know the people living downstairs? Why do I need to know the guy selling street news on the corner? His name is Cliff, by the way. You know, Cliff and Mike, they alternate. Why do we need to know? Well, there are practical reasons. It's good to know who's in the space. Um, it's a lot more comfortable, certainly, to know who's in and around and comfortable for them as well. There's a safety element, and that's something I did want to make sure I mentioned, that we are starting a process of really understanding what we need to do to be safe as a community. This week, we're starting some trainings with the staff that are important safety trainings so that everyone who comes into this space can be assured that we're doing everything to make sure that we're all safe, regardless of how often or when we're here, and respect as well. This is another reason we want to know our neighbors. I am drawn to think back to Professor Henry Louis Gates being arrested on his front porch. And I think about that and I say, oh, never here. That should never happen here. And we have to figure out and work from a place of understanding that this is not a space where that should ever be happening that the people who come here are welcomed, are known, are affirmed, always. Another reason I want to encourage you to ask yourself, why do we need to know our neighbors, is because of something I think that doesn't always come to mind. Yes, we get to do wonderful work for people. We can feel good about what we're doing in the world. But remember what I said a couple weeks ago about transactional relationships. It's not about the transaction. It's about nurturing something that we all are in. And with that in mind, I invite you to think of neighboring 
as a way to receive a kind of prophecy. The people that are, we call neighbor offer us a prophetic vision of a world that we all share in all the time. Yes, transformation of people's lives happens through the different programs, and we are transformed as well. It works together at all times. One does not work without the other. And you expand that to our wider world, particularly the issues that are happening at the southern border of the United States. What would it look like if this government, if this country, and if every single person in this country could see the people who've migrated north coming to our border not as invaders, definitely not as aliens, but as prophets? calling us into a beautiful way of being in the world. You are not alone. No one is alone. Blessed be.